welcome to Making Sense with Movies. I'm Elena. I'm Claire. And welcome to the podcast. Today we're doing a special episode. Claire and I, and I assume a lot of other people in the world, uh, were able to watch uh, movies that premiere at the Sundance Film Festival that are all now virtual. So we chose to watch Primetime um, by director Yakub. his last name? Yakub Petit, I believe. Petit? He is Polish. This entire movie is in Polish. We're sorry for mm-hmm. any pronunciation. Um, so we were able to watch that today. Mm-hmm. And it's about, um, it takes place in 1999 at the turn of the century. It's New Year's Eve. And it's about a man whose name is Sebastian. And he breaks into a TV studio while they're filming and takes two hostages. Um, one of which is Mira and the other is a security guard. Um, and it's a whole back and forth between uh, the, the negotiators who are trying to get the hostages out and the dynamic between Sebastian and the hostages while um, Sebastian, his main drive is to get his word live on TV. Yes. And I guess like first impressions about this movie, I actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, what mm-hmm. about you, Claire? I want to know what you thought. Yeah, no, I thought it was really good, and I do like that it takes place in uh, 1999, because it just feels more timeless when we don't have, like, all the technology that we would today, and I thought all the acting was very good. Um, Actually, one, but, or, before we really dive into it, what are your main thoughts on it? I thought, so far, very well done, very good acting from the main character, the guy who plays Sebastian. There were, for me, like, a little bit of, like, frustration a lot of the movie is just kind of this back and forth but nothing is happening oh like, I see yeah where like there is really good tension but I felt that there could have been some sort of like escalation to where we get to like the end of the movie where I feel like not the whole movie just for like parts of it where I was like oh like it's just kind of this back and forth but nothing is is changing between like Sebastian and then the negotiators and the tv crew mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did see that critique online. Um, The main things I was reading was that the beginning is super interesting and the ending is really interesting, but there's not a lot that goes on in the middle. And the other thing I was reading about was how our our main hostages, uh, Mira and the security guard, uh, may not have as much characterization as they should have. And I personally disagree just because I I thought the lack of characterization is intentional just because yeah. it gives the viewers, like, there's so much blank space within this movie where the viewers are able to project themselves within the situation and, like, within the characters to kind of decide, like, oh, what would I have done in this situation? Um, yeah, I definitely think the lack of characterization, like, as you said, was intentional because you purposely don't know much about Sebastian, even mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Like, like swear you have no idea what his message was. This whole, like, the whole reason he does this entire thing, and I thought that was obviously, like, quite a choice from the director and the writer, but also kind of, like, a brave choice, because you're kind of expected to know what he's going to say, and in the end, you don't, and I feel like, yeah, I thought the beginning was really well done, the end was really well done, and the middle, there were certain points I really liked it, I just thought it could have been, like, edited more to a more kind of fast-paced um, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, no, that. It, it does, it does make sense, because I feel like there is juxtaposition between, uh, it all takes place 
in a news broadcasting station or like a TV station, especially on New Year's Eve when you feel like so much is changing and so much is going yeah. into the future. And here it's just like a standstill in time of this situation happening. And while everything's happening around them and uh, especially the negotiators trying to figure out a strategy to get the hostages out of there. Um, and there's all these armed guards who are uh, once in a while going in different directions, trying to figure out if they can get in without hurting the hostages. Yeah. Uh, but in that particular room where we have our three main characters, there isn't a lot of movement. But what I wanted to ask you was about Sebastian's main message that he didn't want or that he was trying to get across on live TV. Were you frustrated that you didn't get to hear? And do you have any thoughts on what he might have been saying? Truthfully, I don't know what he might have been saying. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, like, through, like, kind of, probably, like, halfway through the movie, you don't know much about Sebastian. So I'm kind of, like, my main question when I was watching it is, like, why is he doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, he, and it gets to a point where, like, he can't go back. Like, he can't just go free. Like, he knows he's going to go to jail. And you see, like, how smart Sebastian is. Mm -hmm. And I think the end, I was, like, kind of, Honestly, it kind of, like, shocked me that, like, we didn't get to see what what he was trying to do because you've kind of invested so much time. And in some ways, like, throughout the movie, you kind of, like, feel for Sebastian and then you kind of hate him and then you're kind of, like, just do, like, just do what you're there to do. Like, yeah, get your he, message mm -hmm. across. And then to end up where we end up in the end of the movie where he gets arrested and he's beaten by the police and he's just kind of being taken away and will probably never be heard from again. Mm -hmm. it was like a little and the fact that you never know what he what he was going to say he burns the message so you never even like the police couldn't figure it out um, right and we were even watching a um a Q&A afterwards between a Sebat or the guy who plays Sebastian and the director and they were saying that they did actually have a written speech that Sebastian was going to say um and that's the one they actually burned up in the end but I kind of like that you never hear what he's going to say because it in a way, reminded me of the situation with um, the shark in Jaws constantly breaking, and you could never see the shark on screen, but just with your own imagination, like, giving you your own ideas, making that more powerful than anything that could have been on screen, uh, I thought that whatever the viewers are thinking afterwards and whatever you think Sebastian was going to end up saying, to me, is more powerful than what he could have ever said because we I at least I don't know what he was going to say but I'll eventually think of something and have these expectations of like oh my god he was going to say something so like insane and crazy or like something so truthful that just had to be heard that uh the tv viewers didn't want anyone to see um I do think that like the audience not knowing what what he's going to say kind of I think it makes sense because the whole movie, there's the idea that whatever he's going to say is greater than the two lives that he took hostage. So, like, yeah, they, mm -hmm. they don't know what he's going to say, but they think it's going to be this grand, like, something's going to happen. So they keep trying to negotiate with him. And the two hostages just are kind of, at, at some point, they just kind of want him to say what he's going to say. Because they've come to this realization that they're not there to help them, kind of, like the mm -hmm. negotiators. Like, they've kind of, they're like, you keep trying to get his message across and you keep kind of messing up with it. You're not helping us in this. Mm -hmm. So we're going to help him so we can go free. 
Yeah, and I think that dynamic was really interesting. And I personally thought that throughout the movie, Sebastian never, while he was holding them hostage, which is obviously wrong, I never thought he had the intention to hurt either of them. Because there's even one point where he's holding the gun up to the security guard's head, but right before that, he leans down and whispers something in his ear. And I can only imagine he was saying something like, I'm not actually going to shoot you or something like that. And we even see uh, one of the main sequences at the very end is when Mira actually does get hurt while trying to escape. And you do see Sebastian like feeling remorse for her and trying to get like a first aid kit and kind of trying to calm her down. So while we obviously needed them there uh, to get what he wanted, and to make sure he didn't get hurt by anyone. Um, the, I do feel like Sebastian, Mira, as the security guard, did, they didn't like each other, but they, they were had trying an to understanding. Help. They had an understanding, and they both knew what each other wanted, and were trying to kind of help each other, like, get that so they can both. I guess that's why I didn't, like, the middle part of the movie wasn't as great for me, because, like, I think me watching it, I kind of knew that he didn't have the intention of hurting them, just Mm -hmm. in the way he interacted with them. So for him, like, continually pointing the gun in their face and threatening to kill them just to get what he wants, I was like, I feel like he's not going to do that. And that was just, like, personally from, like, the vibe I was getting from the movie. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I was, like, a little bit frustrated with that part, because it's just that over and over. Really, He's like, I want this. I'm going to point the gun at them. They're like, we need time. Let us wait. And it's kind of that same conversation over and over. But mm-hmm. the attention isn't getting heightened until he says, oh, I have a bomb in my backpack. Like, that's when I feel like shit hits the fan and the movie really starts to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can definitely understand that. And I think that kind of adds more to, like, what he was going to say at the end, which we never yeah. found out because – he doesn't want to hurt anyone. He just wants to say what he has to say on screen. Yeah. Um, and I did think, yeah, yeah. And I did think it was interesting just from the TV side of things, because it was so interesting how the TV team was working so hard not to put him on air. Uh, because on one hand, they're worried with what he'll say, but I feel like mostly on the other hand, because they themselves don't want to get in trouble with the TV studio And really the main thing that changes when they're kind of willing to um, put him on air or at least think he's going to be put on air is when Mira reaches out to the TV team's competition and offers, hey, uh, like interview this guy and put him on live TV. And that's when the TV team that we're working with kind of goes into action a little bit more. Uh, So that's the part that really – was interesting to me. Um, yeah. Especially because there's also the flip side to that of uh, the TV team watching the hostage situation go down because I feel like Sebastian, Mira, and the security guard had such a different dynamic from when they were being watched, from when they were by themselves. For example, like yeah. there's right after the bombing or the um, Sebastian Threat. showed that he had a bomb. Yeah and everyone evacuated and they were by themselves. Like they were sharing a cigarette, uh, no, it was weed. They were sh- like sharing weed got and high. Like, got high and <laughs> were like dancing in front of the camera, which was like a really interesting scene because it was just such a break and such a, yeah. a weird transition from everything we had seen so far. 
Yeah, I want to talk about that more. So, like, mm-hmm. at this point in the movie, he, Sebastian's, like, getting frustrated. He's like, you're not listening to me. So he's, he's like, he's like you, didn't, you didn't even ask if I had a bomb. And he mm-hmm. brings out his backpack, and they have to evacuate the whole building. So they're alone. And Mira's mm-hmm. pissed because she's like, you could have helped us come out. But they were like, this is protocol. So they're all alone. No one's watching them anymore. And then he just, like, takes out um, a joint and just starts smoking it and is, like, <laughs> offering it to his hostages. It was, like, this moment where I thought the tone was such a shift from, like, mm-hmm. all this tension to, like, this weird kind of, like, camaraderie, like, front of, like, a little, no, I want to say, like, a friendship, but some sort of understanding between them, and they're all, like, eating, and then, like, yeah. Mira starts, like, talking about, like, how she got that job and how she was, like, a real actress in school, and it's just... Uh, yeah, and because then right after that, we kind of see them more working together as a, a team almost. Because yeah. in that conversation, Mira had mentioned like uh, that she went to acting school, and she's obviously acting in front of the rest of the in front of the um, chief TV person who ultimately has the decision to put them on air or not, mm-hmm. and is kind of playing it up to the camera to get him on TV. Yeah, so that was super interesting. And one of the things I want to talk about was. The security guard, because he was such an interesting character. Yeah. Because he seemed that he wanted Sebastian to succeed the most. And there's, at the very end, once Mira gets her, and they ultimately have, by accident, um, and they take her away, and then the security guard has the chance to escape, and Sebastian's not, like, chasing after them or anything, and the security guard, on his own, comes back, and Sebastian's sort of like bro, you don't have to be here. Like, yeah, you can just go like, home to your wife and child. And he's like, oh, I was just lying about that. Like, I don't have a wife or child. And it just made me think, like, we know so little about him, but what is his intention? Like, why is he so driven to Sebastian? Is it out of curiosity? Because he wants to hear what Sebastian has to say. Mm-hmm. I I thought about too. I Like, I wrote in my notes, like, there's something off with the security guard. Just because mm-hmm. the first time you see him, he's kind of, like, escorting like Sebastian to the to the kind of where they're shooting the set which like makes me think like how did Sebastian get clearance to go there like so it's clearly like a closed down set like they have security and then at one point Mira was like to the security when they first met he, she was like oh you're working with him so the guard's like what are you talking about no I'm not mm-hmm. and there's certain points where like the security guard could have easily lied so there's one point where um Sebastian thinks he's going on air and he has, um, he can't see because he's facing the camera. So he has the security guard go up to the top and see if he's actually going to be on TV. And there's a moment where, like, he looks at it and he, like, nods his, like, shakes his head, like, no, you're not on TV. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, oh, like, couldn't you have lied to make it seem that way? And then, you know, you could have gone to, you could have gone to, like, could have gone free. Yeah. And I, I think. Mm-hmm like, about his intentions, like, what he was doing and why. He seemed to, like, really care for Sebastian and to, like, want to help him. hmm So if it was up to you, would you rather know the security guard's intentions of why he was making all those decisions or hear what Sebastian had to say? No, nah, hear what Sebastian had to say. See, I'm the opposite. I want to I know what the security guard's intentions were. I thought uh. what Sebastian had to say was interesting or... I assume it was going to be interesting because we never heard it. Um, but the security guard thing, every time he did something, I was like, why are you doing that? 
also because the end of the film so at the end of the movie so um once everyone's evacuated because of the bomb and then uh, the bomb threat um and then there's that one point where the lights get turned off mm-hmm. and you don't know who did it because it didn't seem like it was the negotiators and Mira tries to escape through the door and Sebastian gets fits he like closes the door but it like really like she her bone like pops out of her arm that was Mira gross. leaves and then security guard leaves and Sebastian like realized like kind of basically he's like oh they were like oh we're gonna tape your your message so he mm-hmm. burns it and he's like I'm ready and then he takes the his gun to his head and he clicks it and you realize there's no rounds and he gets arrested and the end kind of shots of the movie is you see kind of like the negotiators leave you see what happens to Sebastian and the security um in like the the police car and then there's also a shot of the security guard kind of like waiting for the bus to go home mm-hmm. I thought it was like very interesting to include him in that kind of ending yeah because it's he like he seemed like mm-hmm. very stressed like he seemed like kind of sad like very stressed over this obviously like he went through a very traumatic experience but I thought it was like very interesting to end like not the movie but to have one of the ending shots be of his face yeah yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and speaking of, there's a lot of a lot of characters that we never really get to know that well. But yeah. another part I thought was interesting was going through all the different people who were talking to Sebastian yeah. within the broadcasting um, box. Because it starts out with a main negotiator who is very buttoned up and very, uh, I guess, by the books of what a negotiator would do, which seems like a very difficult job. And Sebastian does not like this guy. And then it also goes through another cop, his own father, and then Lena, who is also one of the um, the cops there. Um, and I thought that part was very interesting. And I don't know enough about human psychology to really break down what each of those characters like represented and what strategies they were trying to get yeah. at. But I feel like re-watching that movie, uh, that's the part that I would want to pay attention to the most. Yeah, definitely about, like, his, not only, like, his reaction to these, those, like, four people, but also how they're trying to kind of take power in the negotiation. That's essentially what they're trying to do, so that Sebastian mm-hmm. doesn't hold the power they do. And you have, like, the first guy, he's very by the books, but they mention uh, one of the other negotiators, the male negotiators, he's talking to Lena, and he's like, she's like, oh, he's had a really tough case, the one who's been negotiating this whole time that Sebastian doesn't like. They mention and they were like, oh, this, this, the gas case or whatever. And it was like a murder suicide that like blew up or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just, it just like really made me think, like kind of felt bad for him because obviously he had a negotiation that went bad. Mm-hmm. I resulted in death. And then you kind of like want him to succeed a little bit. But he's also like, there were things where like I was watching it where I was like, why are you letting this happen? Like one of them being how the dad spoke. Sebastian. Yes. Yeah, because um, the, the father was trying to get really under his skin and was bringing up uh, Sebastian's stutter that he had while he was a child. Yeah. Um, and just really being very mean to him while Sebastian had a gun and had hostages, which was, I mean, I've never been in a hostage situation. I imagine not the best thing to do in a hostage situation, though. Yeah, and at first, I didn't realize, like, who he was. So in the beginning, when like, as soon as he takes the hostages and everyone's kind of gone from that set, he calls and he, you all you know is, like, oh, it's this guy David. You're like, okay. 
Um, and Sebastian calls him. He's like, just watch the TV. And David's like, you're not supposed to be calling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. Like, is this like a friend? I couldn't really tell who it was. And then David comes and goes, it's his father. And they don't have a relationship at all. Just by the way, the father is insulting him. Um, and it's also, there's something with the mom too. They talk where he starts talking about the mom. And Sebastian's like, don't talk about like my mom. And there's also this whole thing where it was so sad where um, Sebastian's like, he's, he gets his stutter out. He's obviously like very nervous in front of his father. And he says, um, what was it? It was the first um, is the worst. Yeah. And the father realizes that he's like, oh, that's something I said to him when he was like really angering me. And I was like, oh, he's talking about his children. His first child is the worst child. Yeah, that. And I realized mm-hmm. like through other contexts was that like he has a new wife and obviously a new child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's like, that made me a little, feel a little bit for Sebastian just because like his dad was an ass and also like a little bit homo- homophobic. There was a. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that in the Q&A, too, how there was the kind of the idea that Sebastian, like, could be queer. Because um, the father was like, oh, in prison, like, they'll, they'll like, get that out of you. Not really saying yeah. what that is. But that, that's, like, what I got from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seemed to be what all other audience members were um, picking up as well based on the Q&A. Yeah. Um, that was definitely, like, the turning point scene where I was like, oh, like, I'm feeling a little bit for this guy. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. like... The guy who plays Sebastian did such a good job because he's going through so many emotions. Like mm-hmm. he's crying at one point, he's like super angry at one point. I like can definitely see that in his performance. So yeah. kudos to and, him. And kudos to yeah, definitely kudos to him and kudos to just the director for and the writers for making Sebastian, I wouldn't say a likable character, but as yeah. likable as a hostage for someone who's holding other people hostage can be. Because you did feel for him based on what the father was saying to him and based on the dynamic, how he was able to kind of, not befriend, but get um, Mira and the security guard to work on his side and have the security guard come back at the end for him. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely that. I also, I like the, the woman who played Mira too. thought she yeah. did a good job. Yeah. Overall, good acting. Yeah, and also, I really love the sound design of this movie as well, because there's a few different areas that. where, yeah, there's a few different areas we're in. Um, the studio, which was always really quiet, and someone brought this up in the Q&A, how that was just so tension building. Um, especially the thing I noticed was that whenever he brought out his gun, that always just sounded so loud compared to the empty room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the, where, the TV box where everyone else was. And there was just this constant humming sound. Yeah. Uh, and you can kind of just tell everyone's brains were thinking and everyone was just trying to, like, figure out for themselves what was the best thing to do in that situation. And then the other um, sound that I noticed the most was this, like, constant heartbeat sound that happened in a few scenes where yeah. it's just like, oh, my God, there's so much going on at once. It's like uh, the army guard or the army guards, I guess, trying to break in or... Uh, when the hostage situation is first going down, it's just like you can your heart's beating and you can like feel everyone's heart beating as well. Yeah, I also I don't know if you heard it's kind of like maybe it was like a heartbeat, like a clock ticking. Mm, yeah, that was the sound I noticed. I love the end song, the song that they use 
um, the score that they use at the end. It was kind of like electronic-ish, like, the, like mm-hmm. a lot of good beats kind of definitely amps up the tension. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to note that like the first shot of this whole movie, I think really brings kind of the tone. How this shot where you have who you now know as Sebastian, but when you're first watching it, you noted who this kid is. And the camera's kind of facing up, so you're looking up towards him, and there's this big looming building. He's, like, looking down, smoking a cigarette. It's pretty Mm -hmm. dark outside. So I thought, obviously, like, you kind of know something's going to happen just from that first shot. I wrote down the same exact thing uh, about the opening shot, uh, how the camera's looking up at him, almost as if he's the one who starts in control, and us as the viewers are looking up and, like, oh, what does he have to say? Like, almost, like, seeing we are seeing him the way he is seeing himself as this great being who needs to be heard by mm-hmm. uh, the TV viewers. Um, and then the movie ends with a shot of him. He's kind of bloodied. He's in the back of the police car and they're driving on the road and the street lamps are kind of casting shadows on him. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's just, it's just such a different viewpoint from where you start like the movie with seeing him as. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that no, I, that was definitely really interesting, and kind of bouncing off of when he's all bloody and gory, another thing I wrote down was, uh, when they finally break in and capture Sebastian, I think it was interesting how then it was all the TV producers who were going in and then wanting to film Sebastian, where the whole movie, they were against it, they didn't want him being shown, but now when, like, they are finally in control of the scenario and what, what, so, the TV is seeing of Sebastian, then they want to, like, get that footage. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was that, and also that when the the cops came in to take Sebastian down, um, he's, like, lying on the floor, like, he has surrendered, um, mm. and they, say like, cover the cameras. Yeah. Because they, they essentially, like, they beat him up a little bit, and they kind of mm-hmm. search his body. So that's what, like, I thought they were, like, oh, we need to see what's going on here. Yeah. It was like, I, for a second, I was like, oh, like, they might, like, kill him. Like, mm-hmm. that, that thought crossed my mind. I was like, oh, that, that was, like, a possibility. So that's where I thought, like, getting the cameras in was going to go. Because mm-hmm. when they come in, they say, we're filming. Mm-hmm. As if to say, like, you can't do anything else to him anymore. Like, yeah. We're filming it. We want to see what happens to him. Yeah. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about this before, but the point you bring up with, like, by the time everyone breaks in and he's already laying on the ground, it really makes me wonder what he was going to say, because obviously he has value for his life if he gives up by the time he knows everyone's, I mean, he's through. So just like a lot of interesting things to think about. And I love movies where afterwards it's like, I have so many questions still. Yeah. And this is definitely one of those, like, I feel like you can definitely like rewatch and see like, kind of focus on different moments and probably get, like, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, stuff that I found interesting, too, so there was a and a with the guy who plays Sebastian, the director, and one of the producers, and they were talking about how they basically had this whole, like, what was happening to Sebastian's, like, six months before that got him to this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I really want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they you kind of, like, get some mentions from the movie where, like, he had dropped out of university, he obviously didn't have a good relationship with his father. Um, he could be queer, which awfully like strained his relationship with his father at some point. There's something going on with his mom, but it's, it's all hints of things, and you never really get to like 
what happened to this person to make him do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, and I also feel like this would be a fun movie to show other people as well. Because yeah. while you've already gone through that stress and know what's going to happen, it's always fun to watch other people and what their reactions are as well. I agree. I guess to end off, uh, if you didn't know, um, we definitely very much recommend this movie. Yes. Hopefully it'll get bought at Sundance and have some sort of distributor because we definitely think more people should see it. A uh, fun fact, they did shoot this during COVID. Yeah, which and I they didn't brought that up. That. Yeah, they brought that up in the Q&A and they were just saying how this just brings a whole new meaning to the claustrophobia of this movie since it's all in, like the same few rooms. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely worked out for them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you have any more comments about this movie or if you saw any Sundance movies, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. If you liked how we did this video, let us know. Maybe we'll do more. Yeah, if you want us to do um, other reviews in this same format, definitely reach out to us because I personally like this format. I think it's fun. Agreed. And bye. All right, bye. Bye.